Hello, EKN Nation. How are you today? Rob Howden here for another edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 84. It's September the 8th, 2021, and the uh, event that we'll be diving into, taking a full review on, uh, the 2021 Rock Island Grand Prix. Of course, David Cole was there trackside throughout the weekend, some amazing racing, some new winners. We'll dive into that uh, and kind of do a full debrief on the entire event as part of our EKN Trackside Live package. This week's show presented by Margay Racing. Are you interested in renting a cart at one of the biggest karting events in 2021? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? Check out Margay Racing's Spec Ignite class and their Arrive and Drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and the competitive level of the Ignite program. Just one set of tires, national level caliber drivers, where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear, and Margay will take care of the rest. This year's remaining Ignite major event is the WK Manufacturers Cup at Newcastle in September. And there are also five Ignite Challenge Series running around the country this season. For more information, please visit ignitecarding.com today. Get off the couch and into the seat in, 21, in 2021 and 2022. David, maybe we'll be doing some Margay racing later on uh, in, in this year, potentially 2022. Hopefully, I'll be able to do it again because every time you and I run the Margay classes, man, we've had a good time. Yeah, I got offered a, a, a few times this past yeah, weekend yeah. to drive a, a Margay right away from uh, Margay owner Keith Freebird. Said I had a spare. <laughs> you got if you're ready to race, and I, I made the smart move of not bringing the suit because it just would have been a, a, a bit of a challenge to try and do all the coverage that we did. Yeah, yeah, and race at the same time. So while my heart was missing it, my body and my mind were not. <laughs> well. You had the video camera. We put the single video camera up just for turn six this year. I could, I could see it when I tuned in throughout the weekend, busting your ass. Of course, the minute you started the thing, you see you running down to turn six to take photos. You obviously were taking photos when guys were coming across the line and getting the checkered flags. A lot of work for you at that particular weekend. It is. You know, I, I, I moved. I tried to get over to turn five as much as I could. That's really the only areas we can, I can move and still be have access to uh, the start finish line. Yeah, so yeah. five, six, and start finish. That's kind of where I kind of maintained uh, my area throughout Saturday heat races and then Sunday main events. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah the camera wasn't that much work. I just it just took about twenty minutes to thirty minutes to set it all up and figure out where we could put it, where it was going to be safe. You know, if the weather was going to come, if there was any weather at all, uh, keeping it away from the, the racetrack, obviously, and keeping it out of the way of the official. So it wasn't in their way as well too. So well, um, listen, I'll tell you this, David, I, I loved it. I know it's not, you know, multiple cameras and people, you know, a couple of people messaged us saying, Hey, thank you so much for the camera coverage. We know it's not a bunch of different cameras. It's not full coverage, but that costs a lot of money. It's not something that of course, Rock Island has the, the funding for. You have to have a big sponsor to do that kind of thing, but at least we're able to give you one corner. And the funny thing is David at a track like Rock Island, that video camera is exactly what you see, depending on if you're a fan. It really brought me back to the days I was announcing because obviously the guys that were announcing the race would call the you know them down the front straightaway. You hear them through three, four, and five, and then everybody sits and waits to see what happens when they come out of turn number six. So for me, it was like I was back there again, waiting to see which cart was coming around turn six to get the wins. And that was the idea. It yeah. was what we see uh, when we're there every year. We can That's only it. see them coming out of turn six, and as you said, when you step out of the trailer, 
uh, you can see down into turn one. So that's essentially the limitations of what you can see at the Rock Island Grand Prix. And so that's why I thought, hey, that's a great, I love great time to do it. Yeah. Because any other racetrack, you have you, you have the ability to almost zoom around, you know, you know, move the camera around to see the entire racetrack. It's just not good view. No, where this exactly. provides you the opportunity to see the start, see where everybody was gridded. Uh, you know, we, we did the best we could uh, to try and do the, the checkered flag and interviews within the camera range. That was, you know, again, something we just were flying off the hip with yeah, it was good. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the camera. But again, just to kind of show you really just, you know, it's almost like a security camera view is essentially what <laughs> we're it. showing. Well, it worked. Hey, let's, let's jump into this folks. This was the 26th running of this event. David, the Rock Island Grand Prix, you've been to a ton of them. I went to a ton of them before I wasn't able to go any longer. Um, for, race first started back in 1994. There was actually a bit of a legal battle in, in 1997, so they didn't run the 97 event. All the way through then to 2019, of course, they, they didn't have the race in, in 2020 for COVID. But good to see this race back uh, for a 26th time. Yeah, the weather overall was pretty comfortable. Aside, Saturday was a little bit humid, uh, really cloudy. Uh, so it always, again, with the camera, it looked like it was going to rain all day long, mm-hmm. uh, cause it was, it wasn't just clouds, it was dark clouds. And so humidity was an issue throughout the day. There was a little bit of sprinkle as we began the heat races, which oh, kind of, okay. you know, sh- sh- you know, made, made some of the drivers a little bit nervous on <laughs> if bet. they were going to yep. get rain or not, but thankfully it went away. Um, and again, yeah, Sunday was picture perfect with uh clear blue skies temperature uh temperature was comfortable the humidity went away so uh really uh overall was a was a great uh, uh two days to be in rock island yeah i know when you, when you did the one minute flat video on uh, social media at the start of sunday it was just blue sky behind you which was fantastic always good to have a really nice day on sunday bring the fans out to have some fun the local spectators who, who come down uh, year in and year out Dave, let's have a look at the by the numbers before we go to our first break in the action here. The race has been kind of on a steady downturn for the last number of years. Obviously, the, 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 the pause in 2020 didn't help it at all because other there was a lot of other racing that kind of kept going. So those series had momentum where maybe Rock Island wasn't able to, to, to gain any back. First year with the guys from NKA, Joe Janowski, Christian Marsh kind of helping in there as well. Um, 224 total entries. A lot of drivers doing double, you know, double, triple, quadruple duty, whatever it may be. But the, the numbers weren't weren't spectacular, but they were still there enough to to hopefully focus forward on some growth for twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's just it. It's tough coming back from being a year off, no matter yeah. you know what you're doing. When when it's something that's annual, such as this, it's it's tough to kind of build up the momentum. You know, this isn't the worst event that they've had. They've had worse. Uh, lower numbers before. So it's something that, again, you just kind of have to regroup. You have 360 days now until next year's or even less, depending on when Labor Day is. I haven't even looked at that yet. Um, you know, to, to kind of regroup and figure out, okay, what do we need to do in order to uh, to help build the numbers back up or, or at least just uh, maintain a, a consistency uh, over the next, say, two to three years. Uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's and, the issue. And Dave, they introduced a couple of extra categories, the King of the Rock 206, King of the Rock 100, and of course the King of the Streets that they've always had. 25 drivers jumping into that King of the Rock for 206, which I thought was great. 
obviously, I think everybody would love to see some kind of return of that 100cc category. You know, the Yamaha class was always big, was was part of the initial, you know, launch of the event back in 1994. It's kind of gone away, but there is a lot of KA100 racing in the region. It's almost just like we need to get some of the primary teams that, that love that category to, to put the Labor Day weekend on their schedule to get out there and have a bunch of guys there. Well, let's, be, let's just be honest. Uh, they're kids. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them that are racing at our kids are either either they're grownups that uh, haven't quite reached masters yet. So it again, it's it's finding the people that want to come and be part of it. And that that's, I think, the overall goal when you look in terms of numbers uh, is want is trying to get people to be part of this event. That's that's what it boils down to. There were 100 C there were Yamahas there this weekend in the in the senior 100 CC division. So okay. that bumped i think that was half the half the field were yamaha so that that helped there you know and again you have the problem too and you know we'll talk we can talk more about this later i will talk about it now since it's numbers uh there was another race going on there was a road race you know three hours away where a lot of the shifters went to instead of uh instead of going to uh to rock island so that's part of the issue so that you get lower numbers in the shifter category. So you're not quite where you were in years past. Um, you know, Ignite even had a race the weekend before at Mid-State Cart uh, Club for their Ignite Challenge program. So that might have limited the amount of people that wanted to do this type of one-off event. That, that True. And then um, there's just, as you said, just more and more racing going on all over the, all over the country. And even in and even focally um, regionally in the area that's near the Rock Island Grand Prix. Yeah, you're right, and and lots of races before and lots of races still to come, right? In September, it's still to come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah, Manufacturers exactly. Cup, uh, more Route 66 race series. You know, it, again, it's it's tough for somebody to go there it, because again, this is kind of a racetrack where you're kind of you're all in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you you never know what's going to happen. So it's that type of. You have to have that mentality of, you know, if something were to happen, we'll, we'll be able, we'll be okay. So yeah. High watermark was the 29 drivers in the Briggs 206 category. David, I know you have this down on your, on your notes here. Talk a little bit about the percentage of entries that were actually Briggs 206 classes. Well, that's, that's been the, the key aspect to this race year in and year out since really probably about five years ago when the, the Briggs numbers really started to grow and we started to see 40 drivers in the Briggs 206 heavy category back in 2017, uh, you know, 72% of the entries were Briggs and Stratton 206 classes. So that includes your heavies, your mediums, the masters in, in Briggs, the new King of the rock 206. And then, but also the three ignite Margay ignite categories as well too. So that's the biggest uh, percentages that we had. We had, I want to say it was 60s in the 60s range, la- uh, 20 in 2019. And so that's that's a key aspect to to where we are with in terms of numbers with this event. Yeah, 58% in 2017, 59% in 2018, and 60% in 2019. Wow, so the, the, yep. the percentages continue to grow. And there are still a lot of Briggs racers who are – you know, weekly Briggs racers who haven't been to this race yet or, mm-hmm. or have been there and just chose not to chose not to return. So, uh, you know, Rock Island Grand Prix NKA need the, again, it's the first time working together with the event. They obviously have some, some pluses, some minuses that they got to work on and, and reviewed for the 2022 edition. 
Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, again, lots of work, work to be done. And the great thing, uh, after any event, you kind of do the post-mortem, sit down, what were positives, what were negatives, send out the survey maybe to the, the, the racers saying, you know, what was a big draw for you? What, what can we make better? I'm sure that both of those organizations will make that happen. Uh, folks, quick break. Let's get started. First break of the action. Here we get bass, uh, back, we'll jump into the paddock pass. David can give us some of the negatives and some of the positives that he saw from the event itself. Hey, take a look at your trophy case. Do you see a Duffy in there? If you're missing one of the most iconic trophies in American karting, you'll get another chance at one this October when the International Kart Federation Sprint Grand Nationals takes over the Prairie City Kart Track in Northern California. The remodeling of Prairie City under the management of the Durbin family has been a highlight story in NorCal karting, and the Durbin's passion and dedication for the sport will make the track the ideal host for 2021. The 2021 IKF Sprint Grand Nationals will focus on the Briggs 206, KA100, and Mini Swift categories and is set for October the 15th, 16th, and 17th. There will also be an 80cc shifter class at the event and we're expecting big numbers. Bring out your 80 and play. The Durbins are ready to roll out the red carpet at their facility and plans are underway to make this race the best Grand Nationals in years. Registration will open on September 1st so get that entry confirmed to take your shot at becoming a Duffy winner. For more information, head to www.ikfcarding.com slash ikf-sprint-grandnationals. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. The Briggs and Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs and Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs and Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, 
Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to episode 84 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast that we do after every one of our EKN Trackside Live events. Jumping into the Paddock Pass now, brought to you by the Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest sorts for Cart Republic chassis and IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. That's 513-421-4463. All right, David, let's jump into the paddock pass right now. Again, you were trackside. One of the great things about Rock Island is that you do have some time before and after to middle about the paddock, have some fun. Overall, give me your thoughts, positives, negatives, uh, where they can grow, whatever it may be in terms of this year's race. Yeah, when I wrote the script, I kind of wanted to go negative first, positive second. We'll uh, we'll we'll begin with some of the things that uh, you don't you don't want to do the positive the 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 uh, the, the compliment no, sandwich give, give, compliment give me, sandwich no no, positive. no 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 <laughs> give me the, give me the bad stuff first and then we'll right. then we'll leave with the good stuff. All right, I, I like that. You know, that's kind of how you go into Vegas, right? You get, uh, the, bad stuff. <laughs> you get the bad stuff first and you leave. With the- All right. Uh, um, uh, so, you know, we just talked about the numbers. Yeah, they were down again. Uh, but really what it boils down to is it's like the paddock numbers. Now, you know, you remember when when it was very tough to get a parking spot anywhere around the paddock. Now it's pretty much you, you got the entire place to yourself. You okay. know, you have lots of room. Um, I think that's, that's more of a negative, you know, that... Um, in terms of just, we used to, we used to outgrow that paddock. Now it's, yeah. it's almost like we could, we could, we could narrow it all down into one little parking lot rather than trying to use three or four and even the city streets. So, okay. yeah. um, so yeah, the, so with the numbers like that, um, yeah, but I think if, you know, again, you add 50, I think it's more drivers. I really, that I think that's what we need to do is just start adding more drivers. That's really the key. Some more, key big, te- in more big teams too, right, David? Some of the more the, the teams well, that can roll, roll in with the, 15 guys too. You know, and I, I don't want to do a tangent, but that, you know, do teams want to go to events like this? That's, that's, yep. that's the struggle we're, we're kind of finding. And, and because, you know, most of these teams now are kid based, you know, there were kids, kid racers there. That's one good thing about it is, you know, a lot of kids racers were there. They were watching juniors and some of the cadet racers okay. uh, are there watching. So it's it is something that they'll want to do, but they have to wait till they're 15 or or even 16. OK. Um, another negative. Uh, I didn't really get a clear answer as to why this was, but there were zero vendors around the racetrack in terms of Rock Island based. There were no food trucks. There were no, 
um, really anything, nothing. Okay. If you normally go into the middle of the racetrack around turn four, the right-hander, and there's a lot of food vendors or yep. companies and doing this and that, zero, nothing was there. No. I'll get into the positive part about that, who was actually there, but I mean, it's hard, it's hard, especially with a lot of those restaurants being shut down too. Um, and we'll get into that. My next negative, um, where, if they're there, what are they going to eat? Where are they going to, you know, they're there to have to, to take in an event. Yeah. And if there's nothing there to, to keep you there aside from the racing, or if you don't have places to go eat or places to get a drink or, or places to go to the bathroom, that's, that's a major, major issue that, that the, uh, the event itself. Now, Talking with Roger, he said none of the vendors had could could hire people, which I I don't know how that is. Yeah, I understand there's a there's employment issues all across the country, but yeah. you know if you're I don't know. So that's something that's going to have to be looked at over the next 360 days uh, for next year. Hopefully that will return. A lot of it could be COVID based yeah. because it is still Illinois, and they, I guess they were passing some mass mandates that uh, really nobody was following in the area aside from the the restaurants that were shut down. So um, I'm not sure. It's uh, it's tough to kind of pinpoint that. But really, overall, the the nightlife that normally goes with the Rock Island Grand Prix, and we talk about fun on and off the racetrack, we basically provided the fun both on and off the racetrack. There's no locals in the area. None of that nightlife that was there before is gone. It's, it was complete ghost town. You know, we we were used to seeing what hundreds of people oh, yeah. on the district enjoying concert outside Saturday night, Sunday night. There was none of that. There was a concert Saturday and there were literally 10 of us in a bar enjoying a band playing live for us. That was about oh, okay. it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, restaurants hard. It, I mean, they had the new rock Island, um, ale house in the, in the restaurant, which used to be the Bennigan. So it's remodeled. So at least it was better. Service was better than before. So that was good. Uh, the pizza place was shut down to only pick up or delivery. So we couldn't go in and get our, our huckleberry pizza. Huckleberries, man. Um, uh, the, uh, the Mexican place was open, but it took an hour and a half just to get our food. Wow. And that was uh, that was a bit of a letdown. So, again, yeah. negatives. So now that I've got the negatives out of the way, we can look positive. <laughs> Let's do that. Forget about the negatives. Um, yeah, uh, the schedule was smooth. It was on schedule all weekend long. That is a rarity for Rock Island Grand Prix. And you can kind of confirm that. Agreed. That yeah, it pushes we're down. Normally ch- we're normally chasing the timeline uh, each and every minute. Uh, aside from starting late, uh, for practice Saturday morning, they were able to catch themselves back up and get on schedule. And we were literally sitting there waiting for about 10 minutes for the next race to start on on Sundays. And so I think that was a good thing. It kept us on schedule. Um, we had no major incidents that, uh, that would cause, you know, a shutdown had one red flag in a morning warmup on Sunday, but everything, everybody was all right. Uh, no major issues, no hiccups, nothing. So it was wow. probably one of the smoothest run rock islands that I've ever been part of. Okay. Good to know. That's awesome. Uh, and close racing all weekend long. That was a positive. That was something we saw nearly in every category, whether it be for the lead or at least, you know, second place and, and back. Uh, we talked 2019, how the track was changed. It was tightened up in turn one and turn five. Uh, that was the same case this year. And I think that kind of helps 
keep the keep the field close, especially in those Briggs categories where you're pretty much flat out around the entire racetrack. I think yep. it, I think it helps uh, keep the keep the field a little bit a uh, bi- little bit together. Yep, tightened up. It's good. Uh, what else you got for positives? Uh, the last one was uh, the only vendors that we did see that we did that we knew we noticed down there were 61 Cartway and Briggs and Stratton Racing. Dan came down from Wisconsin uh, to uh, to shell out some some Briggs gear and to promote the Briggs and Stratton uh, engine platform and did a great job doing that. They were uh, they kind of moved around throughout the weekend. They were in the in the middle of the racetrack. They were in the paddock. They also moved to turn five. For much of Sunday, so they're in a different different location. So some of the fans could could go by there, or some of the racers get uh, get some of their Briggs uh, swag. And then uh, 61 Cartway had a bunch of carts set up there, so the fans that were there were able to kind of sit in all the different carts, ranging from kid cart, cadet, junior to senior. So it oh, was nice. a, local know, track, perfect. Again, local track, about yeah. 20, 30 minutes away. That I mean, that's the great. That's the best marketing tool you can have as not only for the sport, but for a uh, car track itself. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Well, obviously some, some negatives to work on and it's, it's hard for the people that are running the race to change the culture and the, just the whole COVID nature of the arts and entertainment district right now, right? With these restaurants being shut down or, or not being open for sit down. That makes it tough, obviously for, uh, uh, for us when we roll in and when the carding community rolls in, but you're also always wanting to connect with be the place where all the locals are. So hopefully that'll, that'll dial things in for next year. Again, we're all waiting for kind of COVID COVID to at least settle down to the point where more uh, normal living can come back. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I didn't know the ins and outs of the Illinois law. You know, I, I wasn't aware of a mass mandate, uh, but uh, you know, it's, yeah, we're still kind of trying to knife our way through this. It's, you know, we, we see things look normal on TV. You know, I was watching college football Saturday night. It looked pretty normal there. Yeah. And then you go right. to different areas and it's not normal. So, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Well, uh, all right, folks, let's do another break here because there was racing. There was some great racing. For those of you who maybe tuned into our live broadcast, uh, the stream, and maybe you got a chance to see the video on YouTube, which is there. If you want to listen to the, the actual audio from the event, the main events with the, the video are actually on our YouTube channel. Go check it out. But we get back after this break. We'll dive into the race report. We'll talk Briggs uh, 206 Heavy, Marge Ignite Masters, King of the Rock 100cc, and so on and so on. Lots of categories to go through here on the EKN Debrief. The Route 66 Sprint Series is the oldest regional traveling sprint series in the country. The 2021 program presented by MG Tires and Franklin Motorsports has reached the halfway point for their Briggs and Stratton 206 and Miami racers. On August 28th and 29th, Round 3 will be contested at the Cart Circuit Autobahn facility in Joliet, Illinois, presented by DNJ Intermodal Services and Cartlift Cart Stands. The series closes out the final round set for September 18th and 19th at Wolf Paving Raceway in Dousman, Wisconsin, presented by B&B Electric and Badger Cart Club. A record-setting season for the United States Pro Kart Series presented by MG Tires and Miami USA East will conclude on October 15th through 17th at the Carolina Grand Prix. Teams and competitors will converge on the GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina for round four of the championship program. Head over to rub66cartracing.com and uspks.com for more information. 
Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has a unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two cycle kit and Kometic's four cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, the capper of our EKN Trackside Live coverage where we bring our race report to, to podcast form. Of course, David's already written up the race report that's available on the website now. Uh, this race report uh, presented by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. All right, David, let's start with a kickoff category, the Briggs 206 Heavy Class. Uh, chat about that a little bit. A memorial event for one of the, uh, the, the legendary drivers of the Rock Island Grand Prix. Yeah, first to begin, we are going to kind of go in the order that they were run on the racetrack, yeah. so it kind of helps people follow along. <laughs> I like it, yeah. Uh, Yes, the Travis DeVrent Memorial Class, uh, again, a longtime Rock Island Grand Prix racer who yep. uh, uh, lost his life due to suicide. Uh, the family continues to uh, help raise suicide awareness, and uh, they commemorate him with uh, the Memorial Race that is the Briggs 206 Heavy Division, uh, Heavy 1 to begin uh, the Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, this year was uh, a couple invaders, uh, not <laughs> the actual chassis, but race tr uh, Rock Island Grand Prix invaders because uh, we haven't seen Chase Jones in a long time, a former junior winner back in 2014. 
uh, along with last year's King of the Streets winner, Race Liberante. They decided to race Briggs uh, 206, and uh, they ran the heavy class along with the King of the Rock category as well as their two uh, Briggs 206 categories. These two guys were on fire in the opening in opening race. Chase Jones was actually the heat race winner. Uh, they were uh, able to uh, kind of lock up together. Uh, and again, pole position for the main event based on where you finish in the heat along with passing points. So because yeah, let's, let's, now throw that out there, David, yeah. we didn't do that at the start. We probably yeah. should have. My, my, my apologies. Give us a quick little overview of the race weekend, how things went to set the grid for the mains. Yeah, the format of the weekend is you get two rounds of practice and then a heat race. And the heat race is determined, your starting position determined by P-Pick. So thinking of old school yeah. uh, club racing. And then Rock Island awards you with uh, finish points along with passing points. So they determine how many carts you pass. You get this amount of points. And then they add all those points up. And that kind of sets the grid for the main events. I mistakenly did not get all the starting lineups for the main events. So I don't know exactly how everybody finished or where they, how they ended up. So we're just, we're just kind of going to go along with it and just, just, uh, just, and just cool talk about, it. talk about That's the main it. events. Really That's perfect. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so Matt Payway, a former winner uh, at the rock Island grand prix, he was on the pole position and led early. Unfortunately, a nose cone issue uh, with the nose, digging in underneath the chassis, forcing him to pull off the racetrack as he couldn't control the cart. Uh, but meanwhile, Chase Jones, Race Liberante, they were locked up, pushing pushing each other uh, basically through the field. I think they started uh, around fifth or sixth and uh, were up to about second and third when when um, Payway decided to pull off. Uh, Liberante and Jones then led the rest of the way uh, with Liberante at the point, uh, Jones just unable to get around him with, uh, Liberante scoring the victory by 85 thousandths of a second ahead of Jones with, uh, Justin Wishard finishing in third. And part of the whole race versus chase or chase versus race battle too, right? Throughout the weekend. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how they, uh, determined who was because they were counting everything. So they were counting heat races and features. But, uh, if you go by features, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I would, I would almost want to say you go by features, but yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) we will throw this out there because we didn't mention this either. It's interesting where you start because to be honest, it's really interesting because they don't do a rolling start, right? Uh, we're all, we're all the categories standing start this year. All categories were standing starts. We had the dual Le Mans start for Briggs and K or for not K, but Briggs and the hundred CC and the ignites. And then uh, shifter categories did your standard F1 style start. So I just want to throw that in there. That's that's the great thing about the starts. If you don't get off the line, well, whatever it may be, your engine bogs a bit, doesn't matter where you start. Some guys end up going from the front of the pack to the back of the pack and back to the front. (laughs) Exactly. And that was, that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a discussion because of the, with the dual Amans, you're, you're all coming in together at the middle yeah. of the racetrack causes a little bit more of a chaotic start. Agreed. Uh, personally, I think I, I like the old style Amans where we're in the one line. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if that's something they change or continue. Well, we, we don't know. So a big win for race Liberante fifth different winner since 2013, that brings to a six heavy category. Let's do our first Margay ignite program david uh our good friend scotty scott skitchy barnes at bermuda came in there ran a bunch of classes on the weekend scored a heat race win to get things underway in that master's class yes he did score the heat race win and jumped out to uh the lead early on led the majority of the race 
had uh, Tony Nielsen, a 20-time Rock Island Grand Prix winner, on his bumper the entire race. Uh, came down to a last lap move with uh, Scott Skitchy Barnes running defensive line and Nielsen able to get around and uh, came across the uh, the start finish line as the winner by just over one tenth of a second. Uh, Michael Stevenson was a close third in that race. A uh, little history, David. I know you got this down there. Uh, big win for Nielsen backing up the victory he had two years ago. Obviously, there wasn't a race last year. So Nielsen backing up his 2019 victory. And when the race, the, the program Ignite Masters first launched in 2017, the first two winners, one of the Margate veterans, Pistol Pete Vetter. Yeah. And then bringing uh, Tony Nielsen's total to 21. Uh, in Rock Island, still holding second. So he all weekend long running, what do you say? Nine, it was nine categories. So he had nine opportunities to close up on Gary Lawson, who holds the record at 28. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the King of the Rock. It's a, it was a new race this year, right? King of the Rock, 100cc. So essentially a King of the Rock for uh, for Briggs, 100cc T-cycle and shifter. Tell me about what happened in King of the Rock. Yeah, King of the Rock again, 100 CC, allowing allowing the IMEK 100, VLR 100, and Yamaha KT 100. This race, however, there was all KA 100s in the category in the race. Uh, Chase Jones won the heat race uh, and look, jumped out to a massive lead uh, from the pole position. Unfortunately, lap ten, the axle slid and uh, ripped off the chain, ending his uh, opportunity to become the the uh, inaugural winner. Uh, that allowed race Liberante, who actually fell all the way back to eighth at the start. Just to, again, the K 100s starting from a standing start, very unique. Some were able to, uh, to grasp it. Race Liberante just could not figure it out and, uh, <laughs> fell all the way to, uh, to the back to eighth spot, but was able to work his way up by to second. By the time, uh, Chase Jones had his, uh, chain decide to remove itself from the cart. Uh, so from there was able to take over the lead and score the inaugural victory, uh, by 1.3 seconds over Tim Getch, former Rock Island Grand Prix winner with another former winner, Austin Wilkins in third. So this kind of sets up a little bit for Liberante to try to come back in 2022 and, and get the King of the Rock 206, right? And do the triple, the trifecta. Well, I mean, it looked like he was going to have a, a Tony Nielsen or Cal Stewart type of day. Because he's racing six categories, yeah. he's won the first two. So you're thinking, oh man, this is going to be a great day for Race Liberante. Spoiler alert, it was his only two wins. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Race, you had a huge momentum going and plop, plop, plop. It is, though, however. It's Rock. It's Rock it, Island, man. It, it happens. It, it is a bit of history, though. He is the no. first person to wear the crown in two different categories. That's what I'm saying. If he comes back and wins King of the Rock 206 next year, He'll have won all three kings. King will, yes, correct. Yes, you That's have pretty that big. correct. That's yep. pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, let's go to 206 Masters, David. Um, a lot of guys that we get a chance to race with anytime we're out there, like a Jeff Scott, Jeff Dolian, uh, Barnes, Michael Welsh, some really badass drivers in the field. This this was a heated battle all 15 lap long. Uh, Jeff Scott ended up winning the heat race, but it was Don Newman on the pole position after all the points were tabulated. Okay. Uh, he led up until the halfway point. That's when Michael Welsh, a former Rock Island Grand Prix winner, took over. Yep. Uh, Dolian, Jeff Dolian, made his way up through the field at the same time. Again, multiple changes of position throughout the entire race. Dolian was second, made a last lap pass for the victory, and uh, was able to claim his first win in the category, winning by uh, two-tenths of a second 
with uh, Scott Skidgy Barnes, who I think want to say fell back to, yes, eighth, was able to make his way up to uh, to get by Welsh at by the start-finish line to take the second position. Ironically, Barnes was on an Ignite cart. All he did was change his tires. So he oh, had really? the same Ignite setup that he does, that he runs in the next category for Margate Ignite Senior 1, which was the next category. He would have to change his tires between each races. So he would run the 206 Masters on the on the 60Bs, or yeah, I believe the 60Bs were the spec tire yeah. for Hoosier, and then change over to the 80s for the Ignite category and basically changing. I think he had to add weight as well, too. So he had to remove weight for the uh, for the senior category. Jeez, man, that's busy, busy, busy day for his crew. <laughs> um, I'll say this. The, as I was working throughout the weekend, this is one of the races I watched from start to finish. And again, that last lap at Rock Island, right? Welsh comes out with the lead on turn six. I'm watching the camera. And then you just never know. And all of a sudden, it's Jeff Doley. And then uh, Jeff added another feather to his cap. He's won a lot of races over the last handful of years uh, running, running that Margay. So good for him to get the victory there in 206 yeah. Masters. Yeah, first win in this category. Second yeah. overall after winning the Ignite Senior category in 2016. Uh so he's add he's added his name to a good list that includes Nielsen, Jeff Scott, and Gary Lawson to this category. Yeah, that's a pretty good company. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty good company. Uh speaking of going right into Margate Night Senior One, David, as you said, Barnes having to put different tires on, probably add some more weight. But I, kind of what we expected in this one of the drivers that would be in the fight getting the heat race win. That's Riley Scott on the IM. Uh, was he on the Ionic Edge for that one? No, that's this is this is Margay Ignite. Margay Ignite. Edge, yeah. Margay uh, uh, Ionic Edge for the Briggs 206. He was a heat race winner though. Pretty pretty solid for for Riley. Yeah, started uh, on the pole position and uh, was able to lead the majority of the race. I want to say uh, nearly every single lap. Let me confirm that. Yeah, real was, quick do you remember was, a, it, was it a was it a tight group up front? I I can't remember. No, he I, was able to get away. Uh, okay, took fell back to second. Uh, Ashton Wheeler took over the lead for a bit, and then uh, Riley Scott took over and was able to get away from the field and actually led to the checkered flag. Uh, unfortunately, came across the line uh, underweight and Ooh. thus uh, lost the uh, the victory and the rock to being just. I want to say it was one pound, according to uh, Jeff Scott, his father. So, ouch, ouch, ouch. Uh, that promoted uh, Ashton Wheeler, who had just moved up into the second spot on the final circuit. As I said, he led the first two laps and then moved up to second. On the final circuit, that moved him up to the uh, the top spot, yep. giving him his first win in this category, second overall, as he was the 2016 Ignite Junior winner. So now we have six different winners in this class for six straight years. Wow, that's crazy. So no repeat winners since they introduced the Margate Ignite Senior category. So Jimmy Remick, Jeff Dolian, Jordan Bernlauer, uh, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Stommer. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Right? Well, it should have been me one of those years, but we'll, we won't talk about it. <laughs> yes, David, it should have been you one of those. It should years. have been. It should have been me the the year Bernlar won. Yeah, yeah. Well. Well. You, you know damn, what? Maybe, those damn clutches. Maybe one day. Maybe one day you'll get that beep beep rock. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So a little bit of uh, of changing up front. Gage uh, Gage Kemp uh, finished third, uh, but he was uh, removed for fuel. So that promoted Trevor uh, Egemeyer up into the second spot and then good old Ken Williams in yeah. third. Yeah, boy, Ken. That's awesome. All right, folks, another quick break in the action. We'll get back at it. We're going to talk shifters. We're going to talk vintage. We've got more breaks to chat about uh, as we get back into the race report after this break. 
Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslkarting.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full karting packages. All three brands, Burrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to our EKN Debrief uh, podcast as we give you the full uh, deep dive into the Rock Island Grand Prix, our race report podcast. This uh, section of the race report brought to you by OTK USA. David, king of the streets. Uh, we've seen a lot of great battles back and forth. 
This one, though, um, another win for Magic Cart USA. They've been having a tremendous season. Andrew Bedozo able to come in and, and, and get crowned as the King of the Streets champion uh, after a solid, solid weekend. Yeah, this one was a, a whole shot victory for Andrew Budozo, who was here in 2019. And as he said in his victory speech, he was a little immature back then and actually wasn't able to make the race on Sunday. So uh, enjoying the the off track fun yes. a little bit too much. So this time took it uh, a little bit more serious and uh, certainly was among the quickest guys uh, on the track all weekend long, was actually the only driver in the main event to get under that 32 second mark. Uh, as he led wire to wire in all 20 laps for a 9.7 second victory uh, over the field. Uh, last year's winner, Race Liberante, started 10th after a heat race DNF, so he had to come up through the field and was actually able to get up to that second spot, just unable to match the pace of Budozo. Yeah. With uh, 2017 winner, Austin Wilkins, able to uh, to drive to third. Yeah, some pretty cool stuff, David. Give us some of the history. I know I, I watched the uh, the end of that race and saw that Joe Janowski was out there, grabbed the mic, and uh, was able to to pass off the, the crown. Also, the first ever winner of the Scusa King of the Streets, the, where the King of the Streets came from, back in Oklahoma City in 1998. Good to see Joe there, of course, with NKA. They're teamed up with Roger Ruthard and the whole Rock Island Grand Prix committee to, to put the event on. But I like having Joe, you know, crowning uh, crowning Bedozo. That was that was a nice touch. Yeah, so since 1998, we've had 15 different winners. This is the seventh straight different winner that we've had in the King of the Streets category uh, at Rock Island Grand Prix. The first King Crown or first crown for the Magic Cart USA crew and the first TM to win since 2016. Yeah, good insight there. Uh, we talked about doing Briggs 206 heavy uh, one from the from the get uh, out, of the, out, of the, out of the gate here. Briggs 206 heavy two. Rock Island running a number of different categories with two different classes, so drivers have more time to be on the racetrack. They'd give us the the insider on, on Briggs 206 Heavy 2. Yeah, this one featured three different leaders. Uh, Jeff Scott, who won the heat race, Tony Nielsen, along with Drake Ostrom. Ended up being a last lap battle with Ostrom leading at the white flag. Uh, as they made their way towards turn two, it was uh, Michael Dittmer and Jeff Dolian who were able to draft past Ostrom. As they went into turn two, Dolian's cart got a little bit sideways right in front of Ostrom, and the two made contact, sending uh, Dolian all the way over, flipped over the, yeah, I saw uh, the video. barriers there. Yeah. And uh, so th- thankfully, both Aber- drivers were able to walk away. Unfortunately, took both of them out uh, on the final circuit. So that contact certainly gave uh, Michael Dittmer enough breathing room to be able to reach the checkered flag first. Uh, as he would score the victory uh, by four tenths of a second over Jeff Scott with Connor Lund finishing in third. Yeah, I saw the video on Facebook and it just looked like uh, Dolian. They were kind of going essentially, what, three wide, kind of into the corner, almost three wide. Dolian was trying to pinch the corner a little bit, get inside Ostrom. And just as he cut over the crown, you can see the, the cart just uh, snapped. He was into the barriers and really Ostrom had nowhere to go. Yeah, just a, a racing incident again. Yep. Uh, yeah, Dolan just got sideways and nowhere to go for Ostrom, and just just hit him just with all the all the power in the world to to send him right over. That's it. He went up and over the barrier pretty quick. And again, think about it. Ostrom's full throttle, even though you're you maybe check up a little bit if they're on the inside of you like that. But he's trying to get back underneath, uh, or at least get him back over and four. It was a it was a hard impact for sure. Dolan, of course, some highs and lows of Rock Island, having scored a rock earlier in the day. Uh, David, give us some history on this one. Fourth different class winner since 2015. 
Yeah, Tony Nielsen has won three times. We got Cal Stewart winning in 2016, Mike Welsh in 2018. And then this was the first Rock Island Grand Prix win for Dittmer since 2014 when he won Clone Heavy and Clone Medium on that weekend. Yeah, pretty cool to see the family come out there too with the checkered flag. I saw that on the video as well. Yeah, that was a unique thing. Uh, uh, She was a... Uh, first one to uh, to jump out and be the first. I th- I think that's the first person to ever hand the winner the checkered flag, aside from being uh, uh, Tom Argy Jr. Yeah, or the third yeah. Tom Argy right. the third. <laughs> Interesting, uh, David. Also on the docket, which is kind of cool. Anytime we have an event like this, people come out to watch the races. It's always nice to give them a little look at, at the history as well. They're getting to feel for what modern day karting is, whether it's the shifters or the hundred CCs or the two hundred six ignite classes and two hundred six, which have obviously you know reinvigorated karting. But to have the vintage guys there as well, I always think that's that's fun to have them as part of the Rock Island Grand Prix. While the overall number in the categories were down in uh, in the vintage, it was only a few, but uh, it's still one of the uh, the more popular categories of the event. Uh, a lot of the old timers and even young drivers who are in the uh, who like to drive the the older style uh, carts uh, enjoy being at the Rock Island, and again, giving them the full opportunity to take part in heat race and a main event. Um, this year, they split up the open. The open category ran by itself. There were four different drivers in that. Uh, Nathan Hamilton ended up winning the open category. He had a dual four-stroke that was louder <laughs> than anything I had ever heard before. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the exhausts on those things were not built to be quiet. That is no, sure. they were not. No. Uh, Tom Day ended up winning the McCullough category. And then Dave Fisher in the Yamaha category, but there were also a couple uh, Briggs, flathead Briggs out there as well too. I believe they put those in the Mac category. So nice. uh, again, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, again, provides the opportunity for new racers or or even the spectators to kind of see what carts used to look like. That's it. That's it. All right, let's go. We talked about King of the Streets, so we you know we talked about uh, we talked about uh, the King of the Rock 100 CC. Let's go King of the Rock Briggs 206. How did things shake down for the King of the Rock? For the four cycle guys, yeah. Again, a, the inaugural, in, the first time we've we've held the uh, the King of the Rock category again. Both kings or all three king categories were a thousand dollars to win. So uh, these were the three money categories. These were the three headline categories. Uh, Tony Nielsen ended up winning the heat race and led most of the main event with Tom Wishard uh, on his rear bumper the entire time. Uh, Dittmer and, and Matt Payway were able to work by Wishard before the white flag. So they were moved up into the second and third. And then on the final circuit, the both, both of them were able to work past Nielsen. And as they came around turn number six, it was Michael Dittmer in the lead and uh, came across the line to score the victory and the inaugural victory uh, in the category and the thousand dollars to win really essentially going back to back because between, because his first win, was just before vintage and then right after vintage they had this yeah. race so uh nice really cool to see him go back to back so uh matched his two win performance in 2014 uh with two wins uh this year and then becoming the first driver to uh to uh, wear the crown and presented that by uh briggs and stratton director of motorsports dan roach i like that that's awesome to have uh to have dipper get that honor again you know michael uh, one of the one of the legends, of course, of the Rock Island program, and a good friend of ours. So good to see Michael getting a couple of wins there. Let's go to uh, Open Shifter, Master Shifter, David. They had the, the both categories together, of course, for the senior level drivers and masters level drivers. 
Yeah, they did. Uh, it, it was a bit of a mix because some of the masters drivers were giving the the young bucks a little bit, uh, a little run for their money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Race Liberante actually came out and won the open shifter heat race uh, with Scott Barnes finishing uh, first in the master shifter uh, category for the heat race. Uh, but in the main event, it ended up being uh, Austin Wilkins who was able to to show the way. Budozo was starting on the pole position, uh, but bogged as the uh, the green flag waved. That allowed um, Race Liberante to lead for a little bit. That was until Wilkins and Budozo were able to get by on lap 13. And then uh, from there, yeah, it was Wilkins Budozo with a magic one-two. Uh, and Wilkins earning his second victory in this category after winning it in 2017. All right. What about the Masters, guys? Uh, Barnes was just uh, not up to pace, uh, bogged uh, at the start, and was just not able to uh, to continue on. I believe something happened in with a clutch. Uh, that allowed Joe Rook to uh, go on to lead the uh, the entire race. Uh, was racing top five in the open category, but decided to uh, take it easy and not do anything stupid <laughs> and uh, went on to uh, to score his second rock uh, at Rock Island Grand Prix after winning 2017 in the 80cc shifter category. Nice. So this will be his first win in the master shifter division. Uh, Kevin Risk and Nathan Williams finishing second and third in the Masters class. Another break in the action. We get back. We'll wrap up for the race report with uh, Briggs 206 Medium 1, Senior 100cc, Margay Ignite Senior 2, and Briggs 206 Medium 2. Stay with us. Uh, we'll wrap up the race report after this. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels in different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. CKR is all about quality, and CKR USA is where you can get your hands on these winning chassis in the United States. It's the CKR Barracuda 32 mil shifter car chassis. The 100cc focused Stingray. These are two popular models contributing to the success of this thriving brand. And CKR USA is where you'll find carts, parts, and everything you need to go racing. Delivering the latest innovation in kart racing technology, CKR carries its own distinctive frame design. Made from hand-selected material, CKR cart chassis combine the highest grade tubing and hardware, ensuring first-rate standards of production. CKR USA has a large footprint in the U.S. karting market and continues to grow rapidly throughout the country. 
fully homologated chassis have been proven by top-notch performances from coast to coast in North America. CKR has stood on top of the podium in Supercarts USA and F-Series competition, as well as kart clubs around the country. The podiums and championships will continue to pile up in 2021. CKR USA is now in its sixth year of business, and we're adding new authorized dealers and support centers for the chassis line. Visit ckr-usa.com or call 208-384-KART and go CKR Blue. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses to their advanced one day and two day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network, the race report here from the Rock Island Grand Prix brought to you by OTK USA. David Briggs, 206 Medium One. Nick Gabriel, every time I kept scrolling, I saw Mick Gabriel's name. <laughs> he had a pretty solid weekend uh, at Rock Island. Yeah, he was certainly the uh, driver to beat in the medium category, was right there, uh, both medium one and medium two. Uh, medium one just ended up being just short of uh, being able to score his first Rock Island Grand Prix victory. Uh, he led most of the race with Tony Nielsen right there on his rear bumper. And Nielsen, the veteran at Rock Island Grand Prix, was able to kind of school Gabriel in his first Rock Island race uh, or main event. And uh, it was actually the closest finish of the weekend as they came out of turn six side by side with Nielsen edging out Gabriel by 27 thousandths of a second. Close, close. Um, 100cc for the senior category. Chase Jones in that program as well, winning, winning the heat race and the main. Yeah, it was kind of a dominant uh, performance by Chase Jones and Senior 100cc, again, making up for not winning the King of the Rock 100 uh, with the chain coming off. Certainly showed that he was the guy to beat in this category, winning the heat race and then driving away to a 19-second victory in the 20, I want to say, was it 20 laps? Let me see. Let me confirm that because if it's if it's 15 laps, that's a... <laughs> That was pretty massive. Uh, no kidding, right? And it, uh, on the willpower, on the willpower, on the willpower card as well, right? David? That is correct. On the willpower card with MPG Motorsports, uh, Billy Vincent enjoy enjoyed his first Rock Island Grand Prix. Yes, you know, you know kind of like how you chickened out this weekend because IndyCar wasn't racing. 
he took advantage <laughs> of it to actually be there for the first time uh, and enjoyed his Rock Island Grand Prix and certainly enjoyed Chase Jones winning this 19 seconds margin of victory in the 20 lap race. Yeah, he's also not a uh, Billy's not also not on a, on a six event run. Let's put it that way. I'm sure he's busy. <laughs> yeah, he might be. He may be. Uh, if you don't know, folks, uh, MPG Motorsports, Billy Vincent, also a big part of the Aero McLaren SP team in the NTC IndyCar Series. So director of competition, I think, is the is the title right now. Uh, but good, good on Chase Jones. 19 seconds over 20 laps, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, 20 laps. Uh, Riley Scott actually ended up finishing second, but was penalized for contact along with blocking penalty so that removed him from second and moved austin wilkins up into the second spot uh again second rock trophy for chase jones in his career with his first coming in 20 that can't be right was it 2011 yeah 10 years ago 2011 10 years ago yeah that's awesome uh, that's so, fantastic i love it really that. you great. know he reminded me of cowboy <laughs> cal yeah remember how we saw cowboy cal just cal stewart just jump on it and just wheel the thing i mean yeah. he was wheeling everything because he also raced in the open <laughs> shifter category and king of the streets and, and only his second time racing a shifter that's awesome uh you know wheeled that thing around pretty quickly uh actually bent the axle uh with just slight contact with a barrier so that kind of took him out of contention with that so uh yeah and then jumped into the briggs on the willpower card as well too and and again nearly pulled off the win in the first race of the day and uh, drove his way up to uh third in the king of the rock to 206 so great perfor- t- great performance by him he loved I, being back at rock island grammar i love it that's all well 10 years later that's awesome uh, i got a chance to watch the last couple of races of the day of course uh, margay ignite senior two uh, again same as very similar to the drivers in senior one tony nielsen out of the gate another heat race victory to set things up for sunday yeah, this was very similar to the other uh, Ignite race that we saw between Tony Nielsen and Scott Skitchy Barnes. Uh, Barnes, again, took the lead on lap two and had Nielsen on his bumper once again. And you knew he had that in mind going up into the last lap. And he's like, OK, how am I going to keep Tony Nielsen away from me and and stealing this from me? And, and fortunately for him, he was able to hold off Nielsen uh, on the final circuit and led the rest of the way to score uh, his first victory uh, in the category, fifth career victory at Rock Island Grand Prix for the Bermuda driver. Yeah, good for him. Now, David, in the results, you have Justin Vansel finishing second, Nielsen third with Vansel able to slide by yeah. Nielsen on the last lap. Is that what kind of helped uh, Scotty Barnes out of Yeah, because I think Nielsen went for it on Barnes and oh, lost okay. the momentum, and then yeah. Vansel was able to take take advantage as he was sitting there in third the entire race. Uh, I remember announcing, it, announcing all those Rock Islands, and that word sh- you just used is so important. Sh- yeah. M- momentum. Momentum, yeah. Schwiegen, Mark Schwiegen was, was banking on Vansel to win, so he lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to have momentum. If you lose momentum trying to make a move and it, it doesn't work, get ready because everybody's coming from behind. There's no doubt about that. Uh, capping things off, final uh, class of the day on Sunday, Briggs 206 medium. And again, this is one again where I kind of wrap things up. I was seeing Mick Gabriel's photo uh, from heat, the heat race wins, as you said, but it had a really, really good wrap up of the, of the day. It was a good race, too. Uh, we thought yeah. it was going to be a walkaway as Gabriel was able to get out to a big lead early on. But a trio of drivers were able to run him down uh, about the halfway point. And he actually fell back all the way to fourth with the uh, with the trio able to draft by him, uh, but steadily worked his way back forward. And then finally on the last lap was able to take over the lead and came around turn six with the lead and scored his first career Rock Island Grand Prix 
victory. Ah, good, good for him. I love that. That first big victory at the Rock. Of course, uh, you know you, you've you've come close before. Uh, our the editor of the magazine, Shifter Card Illustrated, Supercard Illustrated, Tim Blaney had a shot at it one year. Uh, just came up short on the final lap, but good for for Mick Gabriel to get that win, get that Rock, put that uh, put that uh, that that win on the resume. Always big. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Gage Kemp ended up finishing in second with 2018 class winner Riley Scott in third. All right, let's cap things off, folks. Final break of the action. We get back. David will wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship breakdown, and we'll take a look at the EK and Trackside Live race calendar uh, for the next month. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Spec Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. And the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes utilize the same Ignite K3 kart, which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country and on all the Ignite car packages, including dealers in your area, is available at ignitecarting.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, kart service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at kartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Kartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to cartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. 
Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Wrapping things up for this edition of the EKN Debrief as we take a deep dive into the Rock Island Grand Prix. David was trackside throughout the weekend. David, let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship. A bunch of different brands getting race wins. Seven different brands in total. Yeah, these are all the categories that were the non-Margay Ignite or Vintage. So we had 11 classes with seven different brands winning. Uh, Margay ending up winning two with Eagle Cart uh, from Comet Cart Sales winning two, thanks to uh, Michael Dittmer. Uh, Race Factory winning two, thanks to Race Liberante. Magic winning two with Andrew Budozo and Austin Wilkins. Uh, EOS Chassis with Mick Gabriel at the wheel of the OTK cart. Uh, Will Power Cart getting one with Chase Jones and the MPG uh, getting, oh, sorry, Race Factory was Joe Rook and and Race Liberante. The MPG cart was the cart that uh, Race Liberante drove in the Briggs category. That's that's another unique story I forgot to talk about. Uh, you still there, up? Go for it. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear. Okay. I, I, just, I, thought, I just want you. You know what MPG stands for, right? I thought I lost you. Yeah, my parents' garage. <laughs> my parents' uh, garage. So Billy Vincent, <laughs> yes, before the whole wheel power cart actually built his, him and his brother would build their own carts in yep. their parents' garage. Yeah. And so the chassis that Race Liberante was driving because he didn't have any Briggs, um, Race Factory carts uh, ready to go, uh, he. He made a deal with Billy Vincent that uh, if they were going to do this challenge, that he wanted to race an MPG cart. Nice. So like Billy it. Billy Vincent provided him an MPG cart. Unfortunately, during the King of the Rock 206 heat race, uh, Race Liberante went hard into the barriers, uh, just got uh, pushed off going into the right-hand corner, but I pushed off into the left and went straight into the barriers, like cones and everything and destroyed the uh, the entire chassis. Thankfully, Billy Vincent had a, a a very used MPG cart sitting there for him to change back over into uh, over Saturday night. And so that was the backup cart that uh, Race Liberante nice. won that Briggs 206 heavy race win. Now, that's the extra story we were looking for. I like it. That's good stuff. Um, David, every, every year, one of the things we check off in, in an event race report, whatever it may be, Who's got the most wins? Who's getting victories? Who's getting closer? Because the Rock Island's been around for so many years, as we said, 26 years. We've got, like you said, Gary Lawson, 28 career wins. But there are guys chipping away at it, adding a couple of rocks themselves. Yep, guys continue to chip away. And obviously, Tony Nielsen, the driver that everybody's been kind of keeping their eye on over the past oh, six, seven years uh, at Rock Island Grand Prix. Now he's total has grown to 22 with the two victories that he earned this year. So now he's six back of Gary Lawson, who holds the career wins total record at 28. So uh, so that's the number now going into 2020 with uh, only six race, six race wins uh, ahead for Tony. Yeah, that's pretty close. Um, what else we got? Uh, another wrap up thing. Uh, Nielsen, along with Dittmer and Liberante, were the only drivers to leave with two rocks each. Uh, Dittmer now has 10 total at Rock Island Grand Prix, and he's now sits fifth overall. So he's got that double digit now. Uh, Liberante has four total. So two in 2019, along with the two that he has from this year, all four in different classes. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And again, a couple of new winners in Mick Gabriel and Andrew Bedozo. Yep. Those were the only two new winners. All the rest of the winners that we had on the weekend were previous winners at the Rock Island Grand Prix. 
So folks, uh, a lot of races that we do every year and do our EKN Trackside Live program. Let's have a look at the race calendar. A couple more events coming up for us in the next uh, two to three months to kind of cap off the year. This look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented by Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of countless drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Leading Edge Motorsports is the West Coast importer and factory team for IP karting, which manufactures the ultra-competitive Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge will be trackside at the Scusa Pro Tour, California Pro Car Challenge, Stars Championship, and Rock Cup events in 2021. Contact them today to book your spot under the tent. Visit LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more info or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. All right, David, this is interesting. We got a couple of ECAN Trackside Live events. We got a little David Cole putting the helmet on Trackside event as well. That's the first one, actually, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Again, this year, I can't make it with the COVID-19 pandemic. Canceling Toronto. Road Dandies decided to go to Mid-Ohio for the finale, first wing in October. You're running solo again this year, but it's the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals 5 at Newcastle. Grand Nationals 5, Newcastle Motorsports Park at Newcastle, Indiana. So the annual first weekend in October for this event, fifth year of the event. And I think we might see a new record again. We're looking at, uh, what I say, 260 pre-entries already. Wow. And last year was, I want to say, 320 overall. So uh, I know I need to enter. I know a lot of other people are going to be entering uh, that, that we've talked to. So, uh, yeah, we're looking at big numbers once again. Dude, and Canada still isn't open yet. Can, can you imagine when the Canadian, because they love their bricks up here, they're going to roll down. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 quite an interesting uh, scenario for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's look at our trackside live events, David. You're going to be uh, at the, the finale for the United States Pro Kart Series at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina on October the 15th to 17th. Capping things off for what has been the biggest series in terms of numbers this year. Yeah, it's going to be a great finale. You know, champ, seven championships on the line. I want to say they're all up for grabs. Nothing's locked in yet, you know, and then you're racing at GoPro Motorplex where anything can happen. A lot of last lap victories have been uh, decided over the years at the U.S. PKS events there. Uh, so, yeah, again, we get to uh, hopefully avoid some some bad weather. Uh, again, it is October. You're not sure what you're going to get. Yeah. But uh, that's going to be the wild card in everything. And again, what kind of numbers are we going to pull for the event? Because, all year long, we've seen record numbers at the at the program. And GoPro always does a good job in in attracting locals, especially to an event like this. This is going to be a FOMO race, right? Fear of missing out on this one for sure. All right, folks, final race of the year for us, ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. It'll be good to be back because we missed it last year. David, Supercarts USA Super Nationals at the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino, December 1st to 5th. Excited to get back. Excited to get to Super Sunday. Very excited. Uh, yeah, it's not the same time of year that we typically go, but we're going back. That's that's all that matters right now. Uh, having Super Nationals coming back, we were we felt empty last year. Every the first weekend before uh, Thanksgiving, um, it's going to be. It's not going to be quite the same. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different with not not too many international drivers there, depending on on how things are in terms of travel restrictions and such, but, uh, it's still going to be the big one. It's still going to be super Sunday. 
It's still going to have Vegas in the backdrop. It's still going to be the big trophies. It's still going to be uh, probably I'm assuming the live coverage on on Sunday with all the main events. It's going to be you talking and losing your voice over the four days of, <laughs> of racing. Yes, it will be. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be a, a very exciting return to have that back. And just I think just mentally for a lot of people, it's just going to be, feel good to be back at the Rio. Well, folks, we are done for this edition of the EKN Debrief. Thanks to David Cole for giving us a, a full rundown. He, of course, did the heavy lifting, quarterback that program. Episode 84, looking at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Big shout-out to our broadcast partners from the weekend's coverage, Briggs & Stratton, Franklin Motorsports, and Margay Racing. And as always, thank you so much to Cooper Tires for being our presenting sponsor and partner of the 2021 EKN Trackside Live Tour. We're done, folks, for the Rock Island Grand Prix. Again, David, as he said, will be trackside at the CKNA Grand Nationals, then the USPKS finale, and we'll wrap off this season's coverage at the Super Nationals in December. Thank you so much for joining us, folks, here on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.